You're in progress, you dirty bitch. I believe it's your turn. It is my but turn. Hello. We're all in progress. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well. Um, you're listening and watching Silent and Death Machine with me, Silent Mark, and Aaron Nix, who is there. Hello. Um, we're going to talk shit for a bit and see how it goes, basically. Good weekend. That's the idea of the podcast. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Had the kids. It was nice. We had fun. Um, we've been getting into... So my mate Lewis loves a board game, but not like your stereotypical Monopoly and all that shit, like the, the strategy-type board games, like Settlers of Catan was a big one, and there's all sorts of shit. So with my kids being really into Minecraft, I bought them a Minecraft board game for Christmas, and it's really fucking fun. Oh. It's nice. How does Minecraft the board game work? So the idea is... <clears throat> You've got to explore different bits and then you can mine certain bits from those areas. If you mine it too much, you might get a um, uh, you might get blackstone, which will bring in a mob, which means that you might have you might die, etc. Fair yeah. enough. And you've just got to build shit. It's been Kids like it, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you think yeah. like their attention spans would be like, well, I'd just rather just play the game, you know, such as the modern era. But girl ones, no, boy ones, yes. He's. I think he... that speaks volumes about the evolution yeah. of man and woman, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. He's very much um, all over the place, but he he's the one that asks to play it, which is nice. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. What about you? How was your weekend? Mental. Um, yeah, how was Leeds? Up to north. Um, Leeds is Leeds, isn't it? Like, I, I haven't been to Leeds in a long time. Yeah, and I was at the Broodnell for Rise, uh, which was my debut for Rise, which is very cool. Um, yeah, Rabbids. Journey, though. Jesus Christ. Like, 10 hours of driving in a 24-hour span is not helping. Um, nor is it funny. <laughs> I mean, the drive up there was great, because obviously uh, I was with... Uh, a highly esteemed work colleague, and he was a lot of fun. But yeah, driving back when you're on your own and stuff like that. I mean, it's not too bad. You can put your podcast on, you can have your thoughts and stuff like that. I think um it was it was wonderful to work for a big company. Like it's on my bucket list for 2023 was work for one of what I consider the top five companies, and that was one of them. So, you know, there's there's you I don't know, you can always go further up, but after working for a company as big as that, it was like, oh, okay. Like, how far can we truly take the journey? Like, hmm. you know, some people are very happy and they settle at this point. I've never been that kind of person. Like, you know, I'm very proud of the footage. I've already finished editing it because they did need a quick turnaround and things like that. And I think that's one of the big benefits that people um, have of using me is that obviously they get their footage back a lot quicker. Um yeah, no, it was pretty special. I'll tell you what, it did remind me of how people are up north compared to down south. Like, it is quite a different, because obviously I was one of the very few, because Rise is predominantly uh, full of talents from the north as well. Um, so I was very aware of my accent at times. Uh, not anyone gave a shit, obviously. But it's that thing of, 
people just everyone said they go oh hey oh, how's it going oh and you go yeah you fucking slag all right you slugs <laughs> yeah and I, uh, I did feel well that's the thing because the only other person who was truly southern was leonardo darwin so you know I, if anything i probably just look like his personal cameraman but i um for me it was one of those things where i realized how much i missed going up there because there's just something a little bit more honest about the north and everything as you get further north in england people tend to be a lot more um, honest about who they are as people and they tend to present themselves as more of a community than they do down south. Like for me, I, I mean, mine, my sort of scenario is kind of very extreme because where I live in Kent, Kent is an ex, you know extraordinarily closed off, very, very white right-wing county. It's one of the strongest for that. And that's just not my cup of tea, shock horror. And... Yeah, no, like when you get up to a place like Leeds, yeah, it's very rough around the edges, and obviously there's trouble at wherever you go, but people in general tend to be a little bit more friendly. They 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 say hello to you more, they're more interested to kind of ask how your day is and stuff like that. Whereas down here, people just kind of either glare at you or bump into you or just obnoxiously kind of flippantly walk away from you. Like yeah, no, it was it was nice to have a change of pace more than anything. Yeah, the show's amazing. And obviously, you know, my career is blossoming, which is beautiful. But for me, the one thing that really stood out was, oh, how nice to have like a, a change of scenery. Because even though I've been going to a lot of shows and stuff, they've been predominantly, well, they have. They've all been down here. This was the first chance to work professionally on a show up north. Um, that, and that was something that kind of went over my head because I was so you know, enamoured with this idea of I'm working for Rise. I forgot that it's actually up north as well, right up north. Um, yeah, no, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Very, very special. And yeah, no, I I just wish people had more of a a sense of, I don't know, there's a, there's a warmth about the north. You know, you can still go to a fucking pub and have a pint. And, you know, that seems to have, like, I don't know what it is, but, and I'm not saying that the North doesn't have, like, brand culture in that, but it just feels like the South of England has been so commercialised and beaten down into this kind of monotonous routine of work, 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 you know. Everything seems to want to mimic the London attitude of, you know, move, 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 get work done, get home, have a whinge, hate everyone, stare at people on the tube, all that sort of stuff. Whereas when you get up there, people kind of just go, chill out a little bit. See how we do, like, you know, it's fucking, it just seems to be a lot more culture out there. And that's just my opinion, but that's not to say that the South doesn't have amazing places, because it does, but yeah, no, I, um, it's, it's kind of got me thinking about, like, movement and stuff like that, you know? Do I need to move? Do I need to um, find somewhere different? You know, like, a lot of people have been saying to me, like, oh, you know, where you live, you're very isolated, you know, like, it's in the middle of a fucking nowhere, like, and it, it kind of grinds down in you a little bit and you sort of think, you know, I think as natural human beings, we kind of find a time for change, whether mm -hmm. that be work or place of residence or just relationships, whatever it might be. There's so many different things you can change. You don't need to change all of them to be happy. Um, but I, I'm not one of these people who's terrified of change. I quite like the idea of different scenarios and different things and, it kind of reminded me as well of how much I love travel because even though it was still in the country, it was, it was quite a trek compared to what I'm used to, which is normally an hour to an hour and a half drive max for most shows that I do. So all of a sudden it's like five hour trek, 262, you know, 300 miles away. 
Uh, and then it kind of, it almost reminded me of that thrill you get when you go abroad. And it reminded me as well. I haven't been abroad since October 2019. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for somebody who is very well traveled and likes traveling. Like I've realized that I've kind of almost sort of, I don't know, imprisoned myself in life. So I'm starting to get a real sense of not even anxiety, but just a very self-awareness of, oh, I need to be out and about. I need to see things more. I need to go and see the world a bit instead of kind of... Yeah, I'm too comfortable, I think. It happens. It does happen. Car's nice, though. Good. Yeah. Although, a little bit low to the ground, so whenever you hit, like, potholes, like... That's about it. But other than that, yeah, it's lovely. I mean, it's a diesel, so it's economical, which is good. Not so economical when you go down the shops, I've noticed. No. Yes, happens. But yeah, no, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, how's work been treating you? Not bad, to be honest. I've only been back a week, so yeah, one of those things. Um, yeah, I've just plod along with it. I'm I'm pretty much the fixer at work. So bad things happen. Mark will sort it out, and I do. So well, you know, I'm good at it. Pretty much what happens with me. Yeah. Or I get thrown under the bus by a multitude of promoters who don't want to take responsibility for their graphical errors. I don't think she'll watch this, to be honest. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Oh, good point. I wanted to talk to you about something. Your death threats. Oh, they're wonderful. Come on, talk about them. I want to hear. So... You know, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I run a podcast called WrestlePlug, and it's essentially becoming a brand. We've announced that we're going to be running shows, hopefully at least at the back end of this year. And um, so uh, you, it might surprise a few people to know that I am quite divisive with my opinions. No. Don't uh, uh, be, be sarcastic, darling. Um, you know... It, I, I'm very forthright with my opinions. Like, you know, I, I'm very, very kind of comfortable. Now, it's amazing because if you sort of looked back into the past and went up to old Aaron Nicks, you know, young Aaron Nicks, like this kid's got no backbone. You know, it's fine. He's anxious. He's depressed. He's a fucking welt of the highest proportions. And in some ways, I still am. I think we all kind of carry that through, but we learn to adapt and evolve. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've definitely got into that mode that people say that you do where it's like I don't give a shit I just say what I fucking feel now you know and for me I don't feel like anything I say should really bring about any serious consequences other than a debate or an argument with somebody like Mm. I don't feel like I say anything that's outright hateful you know I don't don't attack demographics or anything like that but what I am is I am very honest if I think something's shit and it clearly looks shit I will say it's shit and of course that can upset a lot of people now when you're an adult and when you're face to face, most people kind of handle that in a certain way and that's fine. But obviously the opening of online and social media means that people can take things to an extreme. So basically every week we do our wrestling address. Um, and I give a lot of opinions about wrestling, whether they be personal or just very broad. What amazes me is I've never had a death threat or any specific threats about anything that was more localized or personalized. It's always about mainstream wrestling. Like, and I'm always fascinated by this. So, case in point, got a death threat the other day. Hope you die of cancer, you cunt. So, you know, 
And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, first on of what all, video? Like, hey, on what video? Oh no, no, as a private message. Oh, um, okay. yeah, yeah, because nobody would have the guts to put it out there in a public platform. And I'm like, oh, I kind of wish they had, because then it's like, you know, go for it. Um, but it's that thing of like, so you know, for context, basically, they hate the fact that I keep having to go at AEW and uh, you know I, I get told that I am Jim Cornette's fucking cocksucker and buffer all the time and all these kind of things I'm like okay cool whatever well that's probably better than living in my mum's basement and you know looking at child porn so uh, whatever it is what it is um <laughs> so again there's the opinions but it's that thing of like I used to really be scared shitless of any kind of hatred or abuse online and stuff like that and now, like, my brain is kind of... It's, and obviously, it's search running house and things like that. But I'm just... I've, I made a realisation. I think a lot of people do. They hit a threshold. Because you have... When you're me, you know you're going to be in a public eye. You're at shows all the time. You're on all these different podcasts. And, you you know, like... I mean, I don't think I'm even remotely a big deal. But I am reasonably well-known within our, you know, our tiny little niche business. And... So for me, um, what really sort of jumps out at me is the fact that, oh, shit, like these people aren't going to do anything. Once you get to that realization, you break that threshold and, you know, you understand that nothing really that bad is going to come of it. It, it might sound horrible, um, but the sticks and stones theory does really apply here because ultimately all these differences, they're not even from people with faces. They're always from like, you know, people have no faces. I know, no, exactly. You know, these blank fucking, you know, people that look like thumbs. Um, it's, I mean, it's, I'm not surprised they're angry if they've got no faces. Well, it's dummy profiles, isn't it, smart ass? Oh, um, you know, with anime pictures and things of that nature. But, you know, they, for me, you know, it's the death rates, to be fair, are normally that bad. Normally, I only get one or two a year max. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's, maybe everyone's feeling rough because it's a new year. I don't know. <laughs> Piling on, and I know that obviously the more notoriety you get, the more shit you're going to get. For instance, there's loads of wrestlers who don't like me. There's loads of companies that I've worked for in the past who probably have a, a less than favourable view of me. I couldn't give a shit because ultimately, if I was crap at my job, I wouldn't be working for places like Rise and stuff like that. And if I was crap at my job. If I was a bad human being, for instance, I wouldn't have such incredible friends who are so supportive and afford me all these amazing opportunities. Um, I think people in some ways are very jealous when you work incredibly hard for your success. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, I didn't just like I'm very proud of the fact I wasn't handed my success. I was given like very minimal opportunities from two, you know, very wonderful people like Robbie Nitro and Frankie T. And I basically made the most of those opportunities and very slowly but surely kept rolling. It was a <clears> snowball <throat> effect where I was making more contacts and things of that nature. Um, and I've never forgotten, like, and I still love doing the smaller shows and things like that and always will. You know, there's, I think there's an attitude amongst some. But ironically enough, there's people I met on this journey who afforded me opportunities or helped me out who now don't like me because either I told them the truth, which they didn't like, or maybe they in some way resent the fact that I've gone on to bigger and better things. And, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that. I think if you're truly, you know, inspired or happy for people around you, then you should want them to be as big as possible. 
It's, it's such a British mentality as well, isn't it? Of just like, <laughs> that person's become a massive success. Fuck that guy. Now, you know, look at the fucking shit David Beckham got when he joined LA Galaxy. And it was like, oh, you're making shitloads of money. You're a successful footballer. Ah, I fucking hate you. You're always a scumbag to me. It's like, whereas, you know, if it's a homeless person, we can't, we really favor the underdogs. You know, we <laughs> want people to be on our level because it was such a stoic but miserable country. Um, you know, and I, I want to get away from that. I like breaking away from that. Maybe that's why I like the American culture because they kind of have this very flamboyant sort of optimism, despite the fact they're shooting all their school children in the face. And you know, like, I can see why I get so much grief sometimes. But it's it's one of those things where I, I, do you know what? Like, I, I just don't care anymore. I, I don't like. They're not going to kill me. Chances are that a horrible diet or a heart attack is probably going to get me sooner rather than later. Like, you know, some fat cunt from Tennessee ain't going to do jack shit. And they're just not. Like, let's be honest. I'm fucking hard, mate. So, <laughs> don't really bother me. Like, I know I can see the tip from here. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Jesus. That's that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Check out my cathedral, pal. I, um... Yeah, no, I, you know, I think, I thing is as well, like I have a very small notoriety. I can't imagine what it's like for someone like Logan Paul, you know, or any one of these, you know. I mean, look at fucking, look at, look at Meghan and Harry, the the shit storm of that. Like every day I've noticed as well, like the press can't let it go. They hate it. And it's hard not to think it's racist in some form or fashion when you see all the fucking horrendous things that are sent to that poor woman. Like, you know, just because they essentially said, yo, we don't want to be a part of this ridiculously mundane, useless, completely fucking pointless monarchy system, which, by the way, is a load of bullshit and is full of fucking paedophiles and immigrants and all sorts of different things. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with it being full of immigrants. But when you ostensibly, you know, identify yourself as nationalists and all that, I was like, fuck off, mate. The Queen was German. Uh, you know, and this kind of shit. Like, you know, I, I just think it's <clears throat> that in itself. I mean, we live in the age of abuse. We do. We live in the age of online abuse as well. Um, and so it's very important that when you are online and when you have got social media and stuff, you use it for the benefit of yourself. And luckily for me, the benefits of it have far outweighed the negatives, which are, you know, the odd fucking diabetic clowns who live in Tennessee. So, okay. Boo -hoo. I don't know why I keep ragging on Tennessee. I think it's just an assumption there's a lot of incest there. But, you know, whatever. Um I don't mind really. Like I'm, I'm one of these people who's like, you can give me all the shit in the world. Touch my family, I'll fucking make sure you end up in the ground. I will bury you and I will kill you. Like that's not even a threat. That is a promise. Like, but me personally, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like I don't give. <laughs> I just don't give a shit. Hate me. Like if anything, it just makes me an even better heel. So true. Okay, I'll true. Yeah, you ever had any death threats? No. No, as I've said before, very though, nice I live on a kind of plane of apathy. Like people aren't that bothered about me. People aren't bothered about me enough. There's your fucking Tinder profile right there. What? I, <laughs> I live on a plane of apathy. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. That's phenomenal. That's my. I live uh, on a plane of apathy. apathy. That, that's mm. my uh, autobiography. Um, but yeah, yeah, see, I can't call my autobiography the plane of apathy because obviously people will take it in a different context. What, you don't care about blowing them up? 
Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I mean, an emphasis on the plane, but, you know. Didn't get that originally, did you? <clears throat> no, I did. That's why I said you don't care about blowing up the plane. No, the plane doesn't necessarily have to blow up. It could just crash. Like, this is something, see, this is this is a problem with you white people. You just assume that everything must explode. It's just incredibly infuriating. Like. As long as people die, it doesn't matter. Is that right? Exactly. There's some, yeah, but at the same time, but it does because there's an art to this. You know, like we work incredibly hard in our culture to. Have you noticed something? Is like this is something that really stood out to me recently, actually. So I don't know if you saw Ronaldo's joined a Saudi Arabian club, hasn't he? Al Al Nasser. So I'm sure you don't give a shit, but um, you know, like um, so he's don't joined. give a fuck. But at the press conference, he said it's great to be here in South Africa, even though he's in Saudi Arabia. Now, obviously, now, and this showed the reaction. So the Western media immediately were like, "Ha ha! Look at this fucking dumb shit! Fuck you, you piece of shit! Don't even know what country and blah 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 blah." It's just a slip of the tongue. Uh, Saudi Arabians could not give a fuck. Right? No. They were just like, it's just a mistake, mate. Chill out. And then I realized something. Have you noticed how, like, in general, Arabs tend to be the only people who don't tend to take massive offense to the widespread? Like, for instance, if you make a joke about black people and you're not black, look out. <laughs> if you make a joke about disabled people and you're not disabled, same again. We saw that with um, uh, the, uh, I don't know if you saw the darts thing, the darts controversy at the World Championship. So there's a guy called um, uh, Gerwin Price, Welsh darts player, uh, vehemently hated, bit of an obnoxious arsehole at the best of times from what I can tell. Uh, and he did a kind of, you know, like a sort of a mental health mocking of disabled people when he missed some darts. He just went, mm, and that, that kind of thing. You know, like the old days back in school when everyone was like, mm, chin and all that. It's very weird. Very weird time to be alive. Um, and it caused outrage amongst disabled people. I mean, they just basically were like, oh, you're mocking disabled people, disabled people in sport. And he said, like, look, I wasn't actually trying to mock anyone. I was just kind of frustrated with myself. But, of course, you don't get the benefit of the doubt if you're a high-profile celebrity like that. Um, but it was just that thing of, like, whatever demographic you go after, Jimmy Carr, for instance, upset a lot of people. Ricky Gervais upset a lot of people. But you'll notice that whenever somebody says something about Islam or Muslims or just general kind of Arab jokes, things like that, not a bean, not a bean. You never hear about it. You know why that is? I think it's because when it when it comes to Al Jazeera, for instance, you know, covering things, um, people are a little bit more concerned about being homeless or being bombed on a regular basis than how some, you know, obnoxious comedian in a suit made a joke at our expense. It's not a big deal. You say it's, that it's not a big deal. Well, it's not. Charlie Abdo. Unfortunately, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, but that's not a culture being offended. That's extremist reactions. Yeah. That's very different. So the average mm -hmm. Muslim isn't going right. Kill him. No, no, and it's true. They don't give a shit. Um, they don't. And by the way, there are one point eight billion Muslims on this earth. Naught point naught one percent of them are classified as extremists. Just a fun fact for you, statistically, um, Christianity and all the other mainstream religions have far more levels of extremism. It's oh, yeah. just that they don't know how to fly planes. Well. To, As to well. Or worse. To, to, be fair, to be fair, by the looks of it, Muslims don't know how to fly planes either. They keep on doing it into buildings. 
Well, no, that's what I mean. Like, but then it's also that thing of like I've just realised I'm sat next to a building that has two spires on it. I mean, this bit of the podcast is going to get us both killed in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you more so than me. Yeah, you should know better. Yeah, because why? I, I, you should know better. Yeah. Even though I'm, even though you're whiter than I am. Oh please. It's the uh, it's the body hair. It makes me look darker than I actually am. Um, there is a joke actually with my sisters and my family and stuff. They're like, "Yeah, you're definitely the whitest one of all." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get called the bad Egyptian. Oh yeah, because I hate cats. How do you hate cats? Because they're shit animals. Who the fuck hates cats? People with a brain. Dogs are no. far better. No, they're different. They're not better. They're, they're, they're better. They're no. fucking better. Cats are shit. Cats are shite. They're, they're fucking useless. They just sit there. Like, Of course you like cats because you're a miserable mundane prick like they are. So you just sit there mocking people while you're on the shitter. Because that's basically all cats do. I bet mm-hmm. you sit in a litter tray at home and you just stare at your kids with a foul sort of stench of a look on your face. Like, ugh, I despise you. The only Mate, if, I could, are... if I could go to the toilet with my kids here, Without being disturbed, it would be amazing. Do they do they do that like a typical thing of like that, or just kicking the door while you're having? Yeah, shit, right? they're kids. Of course they are. I'll, Have I'll, you tried I'll... shitting on them? That normally stops that immediately. What'll happen is I'll say, right, I'm going upstairs to the loo. Just just behave. My cheeks will hit the seat, and it's automatically, <laughs> Dad. Fuck you! All I want to do is poop. All I want to do is poop. You're really banging out the t-shirt slogans today. I am. It's true. A plane of apathy and all I want to do is poop. I'm sorry, cats are rubbish. And yeah, okay, my my mentality is skewed a bit because my mum has nine of them, for fuck's sake. That's too many. There's no need for nine cats. Well, she's she's fucking mental and old, isn't she? What do you expect? And she sits sits at home all day watching right-wing television. She watches that, you know, that British TV shite that's on Freeview with Mm. Nigel Farage. She watches that like 24-7. Like, like some homeless, you know, Bond villain stroking a shit ton of cats. Like, you know, it's fucking, it's just embarrassing. I just, you know, how anyone can watch that <clears> stuff and form any kind of sensible or philosophical opinion on the world is beyond me. Like, that is just, that is just inbred territory, that stuff. Like, and I'm not even left wing in the slightest. I don't subscribe to a lot of this stuff, as everyone knows by now, but I just think that stuff is just pure hate mongering. That's just shit. Um, but yeah, no, cats, rubbish, rubbish animals. Uh, if you're out there and you think, I love cats, well, I don't love you. I think you're a piece of shit. Well, I love cats, so fuck you. I could care less what you think. You steaming ballad. Well, no, cats are great. I need because... northern egg. Be- be- <laughs> That's what you look like. You look like a northern egg. Shut your face. I do. <laughs> you do. You it's look amazing. like, a, you look like a hard-boiled sack of shit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what I can do at this point is I could turn all the lights off Put uh, like a black polo neck on and look like Holly from Red Dwarf. That'd be awesome. To be fair, mm. oh man, I miss Red. I Dwarf. might, I might do that as a as. That's not that's not on Netflix anymore, is it? Red Dwarf. No, it's get on... your shit together, Netflix. What is it on? Is it on UK Prime. Gold or some shit like that? Like a UK Play or whatever is one of these preview things. Uh, the later series are the newer ones. Um, Prime is where you can find Red Dwarf. Awesome. Because I love Red Dwarf. I want to rewatch all of that. That Red Dwarf. I'm seeing an episode of it. That's what your friend was. (sighs) Yeah, 
He Very used to cool. do. The, he did the warm up for the like newer series, and one of the episodes um, he was in. They weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. I thought they were they, really good, but they still weren't as good as the older stuff. Like, no. you know. But the like did the the feature length one, um, the Forgotten Land, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was not doing anymore, are they? They're done now, aren't they? Like... Well, there's there's a lot of controversy between um, the rights owners for it, so probably not, which is no. a shame. It is a shame, yeah, because like that humor still works even as they age really <clears> well. <throat> like some things you couldn't revisit and enjoy as much. Um, but with that, it, it kind of feels like... Do you know what I loved was how faithful they were to kind of the old set designs and stuff? You thought mm-hmm. they might be excused of going a bit too <clears throat> overboard with CGI. They didn't. They went right back to that. Mm-hmm. Because the, the actors are the important part there, not the set pieces. Yeah. For, for Back to Earth, they did a lot of CGI. But then when the newer series came about, they just went, no, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do big... We're going to do the set again. We're going to have the bedroom where most of the action will take place. It was beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, it, it was the one of the very first comedy series I ever saw, and it still to this day holds up and still brings mm. so much warmth and happiness. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was just so well done. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing where I look at it and think, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so. Like, nothing is like Red Dwarf for me. No. Uh, not at all. And, and it has arguably the only good cat in the world in it. Cats are fucking ace. They're not. Stop, stop, right. trying, stop trying to get cats over, mate. No, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Fuck okay. you. Okay, we're doing it. Let's get into it. Let's get into so, it. Mate. I will eviscerate will... you. So a cat will sit on your knee and purr and. So will a child. Doesn't make it a good thing. No, just, just, just listen. And then, you know, you can carry on with your life. If you get up, the cat will move and just fall right back to sleep again. A dog will do the same thing and then follow you around the fucking house expecting something. Going, what are we doing? Are you eating? Are we having a walk? Oh, are you going toilet? Can I come with you? That's... I love dogs' optimism. I love dogs' faith. That's called loyalty, mate. That's what that is. Yeah, I fucking love it. I love their happiness. I mean, cats, this law. Sluts are what they are. Yeah. Moving to the next whore bags. Whore bag. yeah. It doesn't love you, mate. My, my, I had two cats. Both of them did. Doesn't mean cats aren't ace. It means those bastards were. Nah, they're shite. Now, tigers, it's a different story. Oh, I fucking love a tiger. <clears throat> now, these, these are majestic creatures. What yeah. cats are, are like the inbreds. Of the fucking wildlife. Like, you know, you see tigers and lions, Amy. Oh, these are majestic. And you see these domesticated wank pheasants walking around. I mean, what the fucking state of that little thing? What a pile of well, shit. If you're going to do that, we could go down the line of fucking chihuahuas and shit. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that oh, every fucking... dog breed is acceptable. But... Bottle-eyed special needs dog there. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, they're Mexican. What do you expect? <laughs> That's a joke. Uh... <laughs> Boom. Um... And to be honest, from what I hear, they eat them. So, you know, like... And this is the other thing that really cracks me up about people is, like, they get really... Like, don't get me wrong, there's nothing good about eating cats and dogs. But you know how we have this real outrage, don't we, in Western culture of, like, you know, the Asian world and specifically eating domesticated animals? You know, 
breeding and killing, like for instance, dogs are eating in like places like Vietnam and stuff like that. Um, and yet, you know, here we are massacring shit tons of animals on a day to day basis to feed our benefits. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, but it's that thing of why is it so socially unacceptable to eat a dog, whereas it is perfectly socially acceptable to turn a horse into glue or murder a sheep and eat it or a cow or a chicken or whatever. And I know the argument is going to be because they're domesticated animals, but you know, I think, I think domestication is a matter of principle. Yeah, I think it's perspective um, in those countries, um, easier to farm dogs and cats than it is cows. But again, it's part of their culture as well. Yeah. And but we also, have this I mean, obsession from my in the West argument, of telling other people what their culture should be, I've noticed. Yeah, from my argument, as long as no one's killing my cat or dog, I don't give a shit. I mean, it's, I think it's difficult. I remember going to Malaysia when I was 15, and when you see a skinned dog hanging off of a thing, that really does hit hard. Because, you know, a 15-year-old shouldn't have to fucking try and, you know... Yeah, but if you see a skinned rabbit in the UK, you're going to have the same thing. Any skinned animal isn't pleasant. I think I think again it's like it's it's weird like for me I don't like I wouldn't personally ever eat a dog but at the same time I I don't hate I think it's just it's it's very weird like I think it's the problem is it's very hard for us to disassociate ourselves with our relationship with domesticated animals like as soon as you like for instance I had a dog called Igor recently and you know one of my foster dogs and he was lovely and I, I loved him dearly and it's that thing of you know, I looked at him and I thought, can I imagine somebody cutting his head off and then eating him? Like, it just sounds, it feels like the most, that would be like murdering, you know, a member of my family. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's that thing. But then at the same time, people were like, well, you're a fucking hypocrite because you eat chickens and you love chickens. Like, you know, I've, I've really struggled actually recently with the sort of moral dilemma of it because I love animals more than most people do. You know, I spend a lot of time with them, especially horses. Why? And- farm animals and stuff like that i spend time with you and it's that thing of <laughs> face oh yeah imagine that uh, many, oh, many, oh, oh, many a woman has turned around and seen that face <laughs> can you imagine it um enough wrong with horses mate like and no we don't make you trust me mate if you wanted to mate with a horse the horse would win um <laughs> you learn that very quickly down the stables <laughs> you know by the way getting kicked by a horse ow is that why you've got a massive couch a massive couch because you've been mated with a horse and that just it kind of helps ease it you can't sit on a small seat because of the surface area i actually it's because i'm poor and can't afford a proper chair sorry um (laughs) well i just fucking rub it in um (laughs) i mean you know by the way it's my birthday and holy shit it's my birthday in eight days and i've not even thought about it is it fuck you that's such a random response. It's your birthday. Fuck you. <laughs> you have one as well. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. That's what I'm saying fuck you for. No, no. I legitimately... <clears throat> do you know what? I, I haven't cared. That's another... I've got all these, like, random... Right now, like, I wouldn't say I'm unhappy about anything. I'm enjoying my life to a certain degree. Uh, I, I feel so happy that I've got a car. Like, that really has... Like, once the anxiety sort of died away, as we knew it would, it, you know, all of a sudden there was a freedom there you know i can now go and see my sister whenever i want and come up and see you if you like you know i've got more opportunity to go and see odyssey all right fuck you now and this hard-boiled egg of a cunt over it 
That's all right. I'm in a weirdly <laughs> giddy mood. I don't know. Drink, drink your piss lager and shut the fuck up. Uh, what are you drinking anyway? Um, I'm actually drinking some cheap stubbies. Uh, that re- oh man, those things remind me of going to France back in the day. Uh, Paris. Is yeah. you, re- you reminded me of them last week. Yeah, no, I, I love them. Mm. Like, I don't really like beer, but I don't mind a little stubby. That's happy days. Like, something really. I don't mind a little stubby. I said stubby, not chubby. Um, although, I mean. That's what I call mine. It's like I was, I was just when I when I thought of Starby, I thought of a really offensive joke there, but oh, now we gotta go down that route. Um, Mine is the Cartman of penises. The Cartman of penises. You yeah. that's short, enough so for that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's incredible. He's a fucking machine tonight for the phrases, isn't he? Bloody hell. Um. <laughs> I was saying something about mental awareness and things like that. Oh, yeah, like the moral dilemmas of like, so, you know, I think you have to make peace with being a hypocrite unless you're going to be completely spiritually aware. Like everyone's a hypocrite at some point and has to make peace with that. For instance, nobody cares more about animal welfare than I do. And yet I eat meat. So and people would be like, you fucking hypocrite. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know. I just like chicken nuggets, man. Like it's, but then I've said it before, though the truth with everything lies in the middle, and all you can do yourself is your best. And sometimes, yeah, your best is going to be being a bit of a hypocrite. But as long as you can turn around and say, "No, I'm living life relatively well, and I'm putting out more good into the world than I'm putting out bad," then you're pretty much winning. My Pornhub search account, search history wouldn't uh, suggest that, but. Well, you just means you're not a good person. Just into washing machines. Cut me some slack. <sighs> it's not even the porn. Like, it's just the washing machine. I'm like, oh, yeah, that shit works well. Is that when why you're, you're not person, the curries? When your white goods don't work well, you get really excited by porn with, like, you know, good fridges and good washing machines and stuff. Oh, just because they're white goods. Is that it? Exactly. Exactly that. Oh, now all of a sudden it's unacceptable for me to be whiter than you. <laughs> Fucking hell. Make your mind up, hun. <clears throat> Lord almighty. <clears throat> That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are in a very, very vibrant mood. You obviously enjoyed your radio show last night. Um, it was. Yeah, it's always good. It's always good. So I'm fascinated by your thirsty legions of female fans. They're not. They're just two women who just really want to see my tits. Not knowing that they've already been on the internet. Are either of these ladies single? No. Well, no, one of them is, but she's a mother of like four. And even though she's lovely, I can't have four more kids. No one said you had to fucking marry her. <laughs> no, but they have to be in the life of four more kids. Well, I suppose if you, you know, accumulate them, you could have like a five side team or something. No, I'm all right. Mm. I don't want one, so I'm all good. Here's a good question for you. What do you think I'm missing most in my life right now from what you can see of me as a person? A wall. <laughs> in what <laughs> sense? <clears throat> By the looks of it, you've just got a couch and then the city... It's called a green screen, you fucking cretin. <laughs> like... Just because you're fucking, I mean, look at you, Mister. Yeah, I'm gonna take production value fucking advice off of this egg. Look at him. Seriously, he looks like he lives in a crack house. 
Honestly, that microphone looks like Crichton's sex toy. Like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, right. um, the old pepper shaker. <laughs> um, Tough question, isn't it? Space, I would say. What you mean, like a general freedom? Yeah. Well, no, not that. I think you would be better off with an office. I mean, it because would I be think... nice to have like a... You know, this is what happens when you work on a budget, though, I guess, and you're working mm. towards the dream. You know, it's it's a pipe dream. like. But, um, for instance, like, you know, I saw your studio last night and I thought that would be something that would be very cool to have. You know, mm. like, you know, when you get to the high... You, you watch, like, documentaries. Like, I watched um, Some Kind of Monster, the Metallica documentary, um, which is actually really good. And once I watched that, I had more of an appreciation for the St. Anger album. Like, is it the best album? No. But, like, there was a lot of hard graft. And when you realise how much work goes into just making an album, mm-hmm. you realise, do you know what? We should have a little bit more respect for the sheer level of work and ethics that went into that. Yeah. Um, but I always remember they'd be in these, like, wonderful sound studios or converted studios in people's beautiful houses and things like that. That's a, that's a pipe dream right there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think for you, for, for your mental health, I think the thing that would top everything off for you would being would be being able to separate your workspace from your living space. Yeah, like they are one of the same and I don't really have a choice in that regard, which mm-hmm. is, again, another reason why I think I enjoy the show so much because it's an, a, an opportunity to get out. I'm not saying that, you know, I don't enjoy living in the scenario I do with the mm-hmm. ex and things like that, but it's that thing of, like, you know... It's not as because it's a one bedroom house as well, and sleeping on a sofa essentially for eight months at a time. It's not great for your back, I can tell you that much. But um I think for me, that's it for you. You seem pretty well centered um when it comes to your work and then your mental health and your physical health. You're going to the gym a lot more and you seem a lot happier in yourself when it comes to shit like that. I think the thing that would top it off for you would be that separation being able to just go, right, this is where I sleep, this is where I work. Yeah, absolutely. Like, literally, what you see here is essentially my entire living and workspace. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people would be kind of shell-shocked by that because they see the output and they see the level of work I'm able to achieve. And I mean, holy shit. And it's like, yeah, imagine what it would be like if I had a professional workspace. Mm -hmm. Scary. Mm -hmm. That's what people forget. You know, I get, I'm very lucky. Like, I'm one of these people. I don't frown when I wake up and I have, like, 55 messages from people asking for different things. I I find that exciting. It's like, right, let's get to work, man. You know, see, and there's something really exciting about a clear slate. So I'm a lot more organized. I have a little whiteboard on the, um, obviously, it's white because, you know, blackboard's just not as effective. Uh, That's on the fridge. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got in there before you did. And you can't have Uh, a brown board, can you? (laughs) Well, you can, but... You, you have know, to put pins in it. You've got to clean it afterwards. That's a problem. Uh, you know, one of the biggest issues is... um, <laughs> Yeah, like you say, it, no, you are corrected space, but, you know, like it's nice when you're able to kind of write down, you know, on the board what you need to do and then tick them off slowly and then there's that real sense of achievement. And uh, I'm very blessed. You know, for me, the nightmare is when there isn't anything to put on the whiteboard. is like, oh, shit. 
What am I supposed to do now? Okay, back to Assassin's Creed, I guess. Um, which, by the way, I'm I'm loving. To be fair, I, I love the fact that you know I'm able to kind of chill out and sort of you know what I'll do is like I was ferociously editing and I thought I'm going to take half an hour to play a bit of Assassin's Creed Rogue, calm my brain down, jump back in again, get it mm -hmm. finished. Um, <clears throat> the joys of being self-employed in that regard is that you kind of find your own freedoms, but it also comes with the stresses and the you know, the anxieties of, I need regular work. You know, I don't have the comfort blanket and the routine of working in, say, a bank or, you know, being a postman again or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I don't enjoy those routines and those comforts anyway. Mm. I, I don't think I can go back to that sort of life. If I have to, I will. You know, if the work dries up enough or <clears throat> if the dream collapses for whatever reason, if I say one too many nasty things on a wrestle blog and upset people and, you know, eventually get cancelled for whatever reason, then cool. The consequences of that will be, I'll just have to go back to work. Um, well, when I say go back to work, I mean like, you know, what is considered kind of routine work, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, <clears throat> it's one of those things, actually, I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it space. Like I do ostensibly live in one room on a sofa uh, I still haven't taken my Christmas tree down, by the way. I just can't bother. I'll just leave it up all year for a laugh. Do you know what I've always wanted to do? Shag a monkey? No, they're too nippy. It strikes um, me as your type of animal. No. No. Why don't you go and bang a cat then, you freak? <laughs> Have you ever tried to grab hold of a cat that doesn't want to be grabbed hold of? Um... Again, like there's so many jokes I want to make, but I just I don't want to get this. This podcast hasn't even got any fucking decent viewership yet, so I'd appreciate not cancelling beforehand. <laughs> you you try thumbing it into a cat for fuck's sake. It's not you try thumbing it into a cat again, and that's the fourth t-shirt we've got tonight. Brilliant. You try. Can you imagine it? A t-shirt that just says "You try thumbing it into a cat," and then on the back it just says "And see how far you get." <laughs> so, you're Brilliant. the design person. You're the one that can do this shit. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't want to be regarded as the guy who designs the t-shirts with cats' buttholes on. <laughs> why would you have a cat's butthole on a t-shirt? Well, because if you're going to talk about thumb and a cat, you might as well got a whole hog and have one on the back of the t-shirt. No, you need to have the cat's bumhole where the belly button is. Have you seen the tattoo of that guy? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Look at my pristine asshole. It's <laughs> so random that people do that. It is. That's that's yeah. another like I love tattoos and that's something I really want to do this year is get more tattoos. Did you write a goal list or anything for this year for things you want to no. do? No, I didn't. I've um I've got no goals. I want to continue being a legend. Um all right, there's no need for that pause. Um no oh, I'm like, gonna... I was like, I like him too much to just be an asshole, so I'll just let him. I'll let him enjoy his moment of self grandeur. No, I, I know I'm not. Um, I enjoy. <clears throat> I, I want to carry on doing what I'm doing with radio because I'm enjoying where that's taking me at the moment. I get the um, impression that you're very creatively fulfilled when you do radio as well. Yeah, it very much scratches that itch. For that's me. that's really nice to see because I know how I feel when I do a show and then edit and feel that great. And then you must have a similar feeling of like mm. an accomplishment, a creative thing. That's something that's now out there in the ether. Yeah. You know, that's, that's lovely. Very much so. Um, 
I get very frustrated with radio um, when it comes to shit like that. With what you were saying before about kind of being bitter about people's accomplishments and, you know, all that type of stuff. There's someone who started radio after me, asked me for advice, and now they're very big. And there's a lot of bitterness there. Yeah, do you know what? You're not the only one, actually. I was thinking that. So, But I- on the other side of it, I'm also super fucking proud of them and will big them up every opportunity I can because I'm also really glad that they're doing well. Oh, no, I'm not fucking. But, but I'm just like, but, but I have been doing that. I have been doing exactly that. And people, apathy. So, go on, what were you saying? I was going to say, like, for me, I think it's healthy to have a chip on your shoulder. At least it works for me. Um, I think if I didn't, I think if I was just like, oh, I'm just happy that I got a graphic design at least once a year. Like if I, if I was, obviously I can't afford to be anyway, because that's how I make my living. But it's also that thing of the chip on the shoulder is what has driven me forward. The chip on the shoulder is what has made me achieve because I, I won't settle. You know how they always say to you, you need to stop and enjoy the moment and things like that. I do, but not for very long. There needs to there needs to be continuous work. There needs to be continuous dates. Like I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I have multitudes of dates coming up where I'm working. And it's like awesome, and I'm making debuts for new companies. And there's new exciting creative opportunities around the bend. And you know, they I realized after the Rise Show, I have been photographed by the three biggest photographers in wrestling history in this country. And I thought, fuck me, that's actually really fucking cool. Like you know, like it's not something that everybody can say. Like to be kind of in front of the lens of three of the best, but it's almost like being, you know, if someone said, oh, you've been painted by Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and Picasso, like, you know, obviously they're not, it's a different kind of medium and things mm. like that. But, you know, these these guys are genuinely the best in the world at what they do. Um, they are highly regarded. They make a lot of money and are notorious the world around in professional wrestling for what they do. And they've all photographed me, which is very cool. Um but yeah, no, I, I, I understand the bitterness because it is when you, I believe I'm one of the best at what I do. I truly believe that. And the reason I believe that isn't because I'm arrogant. It's because I work harder than anyone knows. And I'm able to do that. Like when you see um, people of my ilk, <clears throat> and you would have seen it at Coliseum, for instance, and this is not a knock on those guys because they're incredible what they do and we love them dearly. But when you see the amount of equipment they had at their disposal, which, by the way, they have worked incredibly hard for and bought and earned, um, you know, and then you look at what I have at my disposal, the fact that I'm able to pump out similar levels and qualities of professionalism and work, you know, like people f- don't ever see the behind the scenes. And if they saw everyone's behind the scenes, they'd be like, you're fucking hell. Like, how is he able to do all of that while living on a shit sofa in a tiny room and, mm. you know, a laptop and that? And I guess I don't want credibility. I don't want people to kind of, first of all, I don't want sympathy because I don't need it because I'm doing well. I want people to fucking recognize me as a success. But um, at the same time, it's that kind of ever so slight bitterness and chip on the shoulder of, I deserve to be where that person is. Like mm-hmm. when I listen to you on the radio, I think there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing Radio One or some of the high-end radio shows. Because for me, you're just as entertaining, if not better, than a lot of it. Like I would infinitely much rather listen to you than Scott Mills, who is abjectly fucking boring to me. Like I don't see any excitement in it. I know it's all subjective, but when I see the level of professionalism that you're able to achieve, 
and the voice you have and the quality of product that you put out there, I think for me, you're one of the best people I know in radio. And I listen to a lot of radio. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And it's the same with the wrestle plug. Like, I don't hate Simon Miller or have any issue with him over what culture. Good for him. And also, he's a lovely guy. I love Simon. But it's that thing of, I feel like WrestlePlug deserves a similar kind of audience and platform. A different one, obviously, because it's an 18-plus variety. You know, we are essentially... Ironically enough, Rise was the perfect fit for me because Rise is kind of counterculture, 18-plus, in-your-face wrestling. And mm-hmm. WrestlePlug is essentially the podcast version of that. So, but it is that thing of, I'm always thinking, how come that person gets all that audience and I don't? And mm-hmm. there's many reasons for that. But I... I truly believe that I deserve the same appreciation that a lot of these other people get. And don't get me wrong, I do behind the scenes, but when it comes to kind of out there in the ether, you know, people are always going to know someone like a Simon Menon more than me. And there's not a problem with that. Good for Simon. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to be happy and I'm never going to settle until I feel like I have the same kind of platform and the same level of notoriety they do because I deserve it because I work fucking hard at my craft. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. It is that bitterness of I have worked very hard for eighteen years doing what I do now. I mean, some people think I'd be better by now. But my thing is, I know why people like Radio One and and the bigger stations haven't got me. I am a difficult sell, but lower down, you'd think I'd get somewhere. You think I might have got on Kerrang at some point? Yeah, like I see things like Kerrang, NME, those kind mm. of things, and I think Mark's perfect for that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, they they don't want me. Well, that's their fucking problem. Then. That doesn't make it easier to hear yeah, that. It's it's what happens. <clears throat> it, it is what what happens, and I'm now at the point where I'm just very proud of the show I do, and I'm trying to get more bands on board with what i do i think if they want to be on board they're more than welcome if they don't i'll still play the music fuck it i mean if i could not necessarily offer advice because obviously you know better than me in that market but um the one thing i did with wrestleplug is i very quickly realized i can't get you know i'm not going to be for instance i'm never going to be um the media guy or the presenter for wwe or something like that because i'm just too edgy and i'm too in your face so, and my personality is not conducive to that environment. You know, mm. I don't toe the line. I'm very anti-conformist. So for me, it was that thing of, why not create your own brand then? Why not create your own kind of bubble? And if it's small or if it becomes big for whatever reason, great. And mm. that's kind of what I'm doing WrestleBlog. And there's something really fulfilling about what I've essentially done is walked out into the big wide world, looked at everybody's big old fucking mansions in our niche little business, look at all the houses they built. And I thought, Do you know what? Yeah, I could attempt to fucking rent a room in your house, but I'd rather just build my own little fucking hut over here and hopefully over time and, mm. you know, with enough graft, I can slowly build it into my own little mansion, my own little house, my own little palace, my own little empire, uh, and one that can be run completely different to everyone else's. And that's kind of what I like about WrestlePlug is the fact that, yeah, it's not for everyone. Yes, it can be quite divisive, but it is entirely of its own premise and built of its entire own personality there is no um there is no kind of there's no fakeness there you know what you see is what you get i'm very proud of that and anyone who works there gets complete 
autonomy to do as they please um, because it's not work. You're we're all part of just a process essentially. Mm. Nobody's my employees. There is no such thing as that, as far as I'm concerned. Because um, we're not paid. No, but even if you were, like, you would still have complete creative freedom. Mm. They, you know, and that's something that I'm very proud of. Like somebody said to me the other day, "Are you worried if you start getting to a point of monetization that you might limit your ability to make money or something by the way you present something?" I was like, "No, because until we're making, you know." six figures or whatever it is or big money even then i feel like there's ways to circumvent that so instead of towing the line and you know not swearing or bleeping myself i'd rather just set up a patreon or sell t-shirts or offer people merchandise or whatever it might be to offset that and if that can help cover some of the costs and we can carry on delivering the same content we do which is because let's be honest if we get you know we're on the map we're tiny, very, very tiny, but we're on the map. And there's something really flattering about, you know, this is when you realize social media followers and numbers don't necessarily mean jack shit. Yeah. Because I go to a lot of shows and people are like, huh, I know who you are already. Or they, <clears throat> you're the rest of my guy. You're Aaron Nix. I know you. You're that bombastic cunt on, you know, the podcast, whatever it might be. Or I've seen your video work and blah, blah, blah. And that's all being done without having massive numbers behind me. Like in the grand scheme of the digital world, I don't have any numbers and any notoriety. And yet I know more people in this business than the majority simply because of the amount of work I've put in. Um, you know, you do get lucky to a certain degree, but hard work takes up probably about 80% of that process. And mm. nobody's working harder than me. Simple as that. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to do what I do in this, this calendar year. Um, and hopefully it will achieve something. Any ideas <laughs> what I can do for my birthday? Because I have no idea. Um, anyone want to see me? Because I'm fucking. I'm going to be miserable and on my own otherwise. I mean, I would, but you're down there. Um, big old wank. That is always a a birthday treat every night. <sighs> it is a birthday treat. Is that one? Um, I th- I don't know what's around Lincoln. Yeah, I normally go back to Lincoln. To be fair, and I do have the car, so. Uh, my birthday's on a Wednesday, which is like the worst day to have it, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. Shit day to have your birthday on a Wednesday. Uh, it is. Fucking sort that shit out, mate. Unless Lincoln are playing, in which case I might just go up and watch Lincoln playing and just fucking go home again. Like, be a... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's really funny. Like I have all these people around me sort of like, I get reminded every now and then from my mates, like, you know, you're like quite a big deal to a lot of us, right? And I'm just like, like, because I just don't see myself that way. Um, my whole life and livelihood is essentially built around making everyone else look good, isn't it? <clears throat> when you think about it. So it's very rare that I'm ever in front of a camera. Like, you know, when Tony Knox took photos of me this weekend, you know, I, I felt like an imposter because, <laughs> you know, there's all these guys, all these high-end WWE guys and things getting photos done. And then he's like, and I'm like, I don't suppose you've got time to just take a quick photo of me so I can stick on my portfolio. He's like, of course I have. Like, you're part of the team. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, Nox <laughs> is great, though. He's fucking ace, isn't Nox? Oh, he's incredible. Like, oh, and wow. the quality of work he puts out is astonishing. Mm. And, you know, it's, it, do you know what I love? When I meet people like that, I don't think, man, I wish I was like that. I think I can be like that. That's mm. how I look at it now. There's that positive mindset of, you know, I can be that guy but for my world, and to be honest, in many ways, I am already becoming that guy. You know, I'm becoming the go-to videographer for a lot of people. I'm becoming the go-to graphic designer for a lot of people. And 
um, I've noticed that where I'm so busy and I'm starting to pick up more and more high profile clientele, a lot of my smaller clientele and stuff are now having to go elsewhere or have just gone elsewhere anyway, because they just assume I'm busy, mm. um, which in some ways can be a bit deflating because you think, oh, man, I helped build that empire. Like, why can't I still build that empire? But that's part of growing up is realizing mm. that you can't always stay with your little village and look after them all the time. I mean, you can, but at the detriment of growing elsewhere. <clears throat> so don't be afraid to move on, I guess. Mm. But yeah, no, it's, it's all right. I, I'm very excited about the year to be fair. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing. We're eight days away from me turning 38 years old and I've just completely, uh, honestly, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten it was my birthday. That's how consumed I am with trying to be the best version of myself is the, and I'm still got a long way to go, and there's still a lot of issues, especially things like diet and health and stuff like that. They're still really bad, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't care about things like birthdays really. You know, if other people want to celebrate, you know, good for them, and I'll help them out as much as possible and show them love. But my, it's not a big deal to me turning 38. Frankly, I'm amazed I got this far. <laughs> I used to joke. I'll need your address I'm... so I can send you a dildo of my own cock. <clears throat> All right, I have to buy a 3D printer. No, just know you can get sets. Fair. I did one for an X. Really? Yeah. Not a bad idea, to be fair. I mean, it's weird. Like One of my goals this year is to actually meet somebody. And, it, and not because I need to. I just feel like at some point... I've got to kind of get out there a bit more and do something for me. Mm. <clears throat> My whole world revolves around doing stuff for other people. And when, when you get into that sort of stage, I think people get used to it as well. They kind of just assume, oh, well, that's just Aaron. You know, he does all this shit for other people. And then he has his podcast, which is for him. And yeah, it is. But even that is more like, I don't like doing them by myself, for instance. Mm. You know, I want Silent Mark on WrestleBug. I want Tanvir. I want Cameron Anderson. I want Adam Wessex. You know, like, what's the point of doing it by yourself? There's no fun in that. It's no fun in living in a huge, you know, building an empire and living by yourself, is there? You, mm. want, okay. you want a house full of your friends. And that's kind of what I'm going for. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anything else you want to talk mm. about? Um, no, I'm I'm easy. I didn't have anything today for today. No, I'm, I mean, I think <clears throat> uh, there's nothing that's really kind of irking me that I need to talk yeah. about. You know, um, uh, if anything, I just like having a general sort of shooting the shooting of the breeze, as they like to say, just chatting okay. away. Like, hmm. and I think sometimes that's important. I don't want people to think that every single one of these podcasts has to have a strong theme of you know debate or argument or philosophical context sometimes it's just nice to just talk about what we're doing and what we're feeling um so yeah i mean you know the title the the title of this one is going to be the plane of um i've even forgot what i fucking said the plane of apathy that's the one living on a plane of apathy which is the follow-up to living on a prayer it is it is yeah Bon Jovi were overrated. There, I've said it. Yeah. And um, also, while we're at it, fuck the flute. Don't the like the flute, flute huh? The, th- the flute can fuck off. Terry Crews plays the flute. I think that's very amusing. Yeah, it's ace. But the flute can fuck off. 
what's what's triggered your hatred of the flute? It's just a fucking pointless instrument. Do you know what one of my favourite instruments is? The most underrated, the tuba, mate. Oh, the tube is great. It's such an amazing comedic music. Yeah. That that episode of Family Guy where uh, Stewie follows fat people around with a tuba is hilarious. Like, yeah. And then it made me realise, like, oh, man, a tuba. I, I love all these, like, crazy instruments, like the cello. You know? <laughs> They're just mad instruments. Mm-hmm. Who just thought, ah, violin's not big enough for me. <laughs> just, violin's oh, not big enough, but I can't be arsed with a double bass. Oh, I love the double bass. I want a double bass. If I can get a double bass at some point, I fucking I was brought up with blues and jazz and stuff like that. And once you once you hear that stuff live, you think mm. that is that's next level shit. Mm. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, it's fucking true. Right, let's do a mailbag then, shall we? A mailbag. I yeah, believe we only have one. There's only one. Um only one question. Robbie Nitro. Uh hi guys. Hope you had a great new year. Thank you, you too. Um, my question is, if you were going to become the new Prime Minister of the UK, what would be the first thing you change and why? I'd have the royal family completely disposed of. I don't think you're allowed to because they're technically above you. But Yeah, I um, would ban programmes like Love Island and shit. Oh, really? Cameron Anderson watches Love Island. That does not surprise me in the slightest. He loves that shit. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Their whole gimmick, the bromance, is based on Love Island. Man. It does work, though. you got to say, it does work. People like fuckboys. Fuckboy, it's easy to fucking boo or cheer for a fuckboy, isn't it, in wrestling? Yeah, but just, just fuck it. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Like, Geordie Shore is just fucking garbage at the highest yeah. order. Like, okay. Do you know what? There's not a single reality TV show that I enjoy. Uh, I... <sighs> I do like the talent shows to a certain degree. Like, I really like The Voice, mm. but I only like elements of them. So I only like The Voice at the beginning when you see whether they're going to turn around or not, because to me, mm. that's compelling TV. Once they get rid of that part, I never watch the rest of it. I'm like, boring. Next, please. Plus, I really fancy Anne-Marie. She's fucking beautiful. But, um, you know, uh, like Britain's Got Talent, for instance, love the auditions. They get to live shows. And like, oh. It just because the problem as well is they're just so scripted now. There's no organic, like, you know, I because I had um uh delicious Dwayne Douglas on my podcast and his gimmick was uh that he was a no contact professional wrestler. So over the pandemic, because they couldn't have wrestling, they came up with this concept of wrestlers that only cut promos with mm-hmm. wild characters. I think this is something you'd really enjoy. And the only reason I recognised him is because we were watching America's Got Talent on Netflix. And he comes out and starts talking about how he's going to suplex Simon Cowell and all this. And I'm like, this fucking guy. Um, and I thought, just for a giggle, I'll message him. He probably won't pay attention because he had like over a million views on YouTube and all this sort of stuff. And he just messaged back. And now we're friends. And he's a really nice guy, actually. Nice. Um, he, he's just a he's not even a wrestler. He's just a passionate wrestling fan. Goes to all the GCW shows abroad. And um, yeah, no, he's just he's just really cool. Mm. Um but yeah, it's it's things like that. Like once you get past all that stuff, and he told me outright, yeah, no, they they actually contacted me, paid for me to be flown in and audition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like none of those auditions are organic. Nobody actually yeah. queues up for it. They're all extras. Yeah. Well, one of my um one of my exes uh, was approached by X Factor um to go on the show. There's people that I know who are comics that have been 
you know, asked to go on Britain's Got Talent and shit. And so, yeah, it is just bollocks. How do you feel about stand-ups being on, like, Britain's Got Talent as someone who's passionate about it? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? The more stand-up that's on TV in a good way, the better. Um, Because the smaller names you will get to hear more of, and that, for me, is good. Um, Will I watch it? Probably not. No, that's fair enough. Just because I like it as a fuller form. They're so limited as well, aren't they? They get like two minutes, and you can't yeah. build a decent stand-up out of two minutes. That's just my opinion. But no, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. Um, but you, the fact that the, the you know the past few years have had winners or kind of finalists or semi-finalists of good comic talent is just amazing. And these guys are still doing clubs and still working their ass off. But the fact that they have been able to have that outlet is amazing. And that's why I like the fact that Live at the Apollo is starting to do that a lot more now, get the the smaller acts on as well. What would you do then if you were UK Prime Minister? What would be the first thing you'd do? Just said. Ban, literally just ban reality TV. <laughs> yeah, fuck them all. Do you know what? There fuck are three things I'm very passionate about from a, if I was answering this question fairly legitimately, because I'm sure that's what he wants um, to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that your answer doesn't have validity, but fuck you. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I'll do can, my proper one in a bit, don't worry. We can all agree, get rid of Love Island, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it also, it creates such an unrealistic expectation of how people should look. Um, you know, good for those people for getting themselves in that kind of shape and stuff. And obviously, but those people exclusively live on image. So, of course, they're going to look that way. Um, for me, one thing that is, I'm incredibly passionate about is bringing the minimum wage up to the living the living wage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because that's something that is not a, not a thing in this country. And when, when they're like, oh, we're up in the minimum wage. Yeah, but actually, like, we have statistically worked out and professionally that through all kinds of economical evaluations that people's minimum wage needs to go up by like three or four pound a, uh, an hour to mm-hmm. kind of match their living wage, especially with cost of living crisis, heating bills, electricity, all that sort of thing. Um, there are two other things I'm very passionate about. Uh, one is that there needs to be dedicated and large funding for the arts. And that includes mm-hmm. comedy, theater, everything like that, because we are systematically raping and draining all finances for the arts by the way since the tories got into government i think we've lost something like 80 percent of funding for the arts overall mm-hmm. which is fucking scary like they are they are trying to take the arts completely away from us like you know if they had their way there wouldn't be theaters we wouldn't have stand-up we wouldn't have shakespeare mm-hmm. we wouldn't have plays we wouldn't have professional wrestling none of that fuck you fuck you because art is essentially the lifeblood of everything that we've done in humanity <clears throat> everything that you know you look at look at fucking even stupid things like you know like you look at like ancient like scripture from all these different societies now it's all formed around art mm-hmm. on caves and walls and paintings and chapels and things like that do i agree with religion for the most part no but you can go into any bit like you know the cathedral in lincoln that's behind me that is a beautiful piece of art that's what that is if we take if we don't look after that stuff. What the fuck are we? We're just a nation heaving with commercial properties. That's all we are. And brands and corporations that don't pay fucking taxes. Um, the other thing as well is um, I would 
demand i would just basically say right we're going to cap rent as well you're not allowed to the rent will come in so uh, it's a thing that in a, it's one of the few things in america i really like rent control mm-hmm. where you can only pay your rent can only be a percentage of what you earn it's not entirely covered but it is a concept that's used in a lot of states mm-hmm. and the idea is that say for instance if you only earn 1400 pound a month um, then you can only pay a certain percentage of that as rent. So it may only be as little as 300, but it doesn't limit your ability as to what properties you can look at, which is a very cool concept. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree with those. Um, yeah, those. just uh, also just the overwhelming percentage of property that is actually sold to privatized businesses so that they can charge extortionate rent. Um, yeah. Like, you know, for instance, council housing, stuff of that nature. We need more of that. We do. We do need more of that. By the way, just because people live in a council house doesn't mean they're not working full time and stuff like that. There's this yeah. assumption that council housing is for people on benefits and, you know, scroungers and that's it. And immigrants, which is not the fucking case. Um, actually, the overwhelming majority of people who live in those um, housing institutes actually have full time wages and work extraordinarily hard. They can't mm-hmm. afford to get on a normal property ladder, which is why council housing is so important. The ability to buy your council house out once you've got yourself in a better position. This whole thing of like, oh, we're going to tax you or charge more because you've got an extra room and stuff like that. That is just basically, that's just dict- dictatorial behavior, is what that is. Mm-hmm. That's tyrannical and totalitarian state like mentalities. And I don't like that. For me, I would any services that are kind of important to living, any essential services, if they are privatized and profit is made on them, either bills come down or the profits are taxed to fuck. And then that money goes towards being able to support people who are fucked by those type of bills i want a sense of fair play Hmm. so for instance the amount of times that uh, any number of drivers will tell you this you could hit a pothole one day and it could break a wheel axle or it could um damage your steering or whatever it might be and then you've got to take your car to the shop and pay god knows how much to get it fixed that should be paid by the government Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you why because we pay road tax Mm-hmm. For that exact reason. And that road tax is supposed to maintain the quality of the roads that we drive on. So why shouldn't they pay? Because ultimately, potholes, yeah, I get there's natural damage. But for instance, where I live, fucking hell. Quality of the roads. They haven't fixed them in years. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They've put no money into it whatsoever. We all know why that is, because they'd rather siphon that money into their own private bank accounts. Mm-hmm. But it's also that thing of... um you know what? That's not my, it's not my responsibility when I drive to do this, to avoid anything that's on the road. That's ludicrous. Like, you know, this, this whole concept, they put speed bumps in the road and even at low speeds, like, you know, I've got no problem with speed bumps. I think people should obey the laws of the road. Absolutely. Cause there comes an astonishing amount of power from driving a car. You know, at any given point, you could murder a mass amount of people with a car. Like mm-hmm. it is an incredible, and that's why we have, you know, driving lessons that's why we have licenses and tax and things of that nature and insurance but it's that thing of i've just forked out 500 pounds for my insurance i pay for road tax every year admittedly my road tax is really low because i've got a very economical car but it still doesn't change that i pay for it 
For instance, you know, we pay for council tax. How much of that money do we see filtered back into what we do as a society? Mm-hmm. We don't. We ba- barely see a tiny percentage of it. And then you see that taxis paid for a billion pound firework display in London. And then this same government <clears throat> says, um, oh, you know, uh, we need to do more to, you know, make sure there's less homeless on the streets. But on the flip side, let's spend a billion pounds on fireworks. Do you know what? I don't give a fuck about the New New Year's fire display. What I do give a fuck about is young people having to live homeless because they don't have an opportunity to do anything in their lives. Mm -hmm. Fix that shit, you fucking greedy cunt, Rishi Sunak. Also, can we... I I can't believe we're having this discussion in 2023. Why are we not paying nurses a decent wage? What the fuck is wrong with this country? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? No wonder everyone's everyone's striking like mad, and all we're led to believe by a extremely fucking right wing media is ah oh, they're all scabs, they're all fucking lazy, whatever it might be, you know ah oh, picket lines and strikes and all that. It's because they're greedy. No, it's because they actually want to be, you know, um, they want to be compensated for very important work. Mm-hmm. Nurses and doctors and things like that. We put our lives in these people's hands. And some of them are getting paid less than we are. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It amuses me the fact that the rail strikes are being kind of jumped on as something that's a really, really bad thing. But they don't realise that most of it, most of British rail is funded by the government. So it is the government that are doing it. But the best thing is, whilst these guys aren't working, the private businesses that are also funding this are being paid by the government. So they don't have to go into debt or anything like that. They're being subsidized. So instead of giving that money to the people who need it and who are striking, they'll just give it to the businesses so they don't lose profit. That is such, I hate this fucking country, but the thing is, it's not like I can go anywhere else and it's better. No, it's it's the it's capitalism. Everyone thinks that socialism is a terrible thing, but it's not. When you look at the bare bones of socialism, it's it's looking after everyone. Again, like you said, the the, the middle ground is where it lies because mm-hmm. there are for, there are parts of capitalism that are important. This ability mm-hmm. that you can earn as much as you want, and you know that that should be a thing. I don't think anyone should be capped on how much yeah. they can make until that wealth is you know. There's, there's the thing of like, you know what, I've got no problem with, you know, billionaires having billions of pounds, but they need to be taxed according to their bracket. Mm. So the bottom line is, if I earn, say, 10 grand in a year, um, and then, you know, butt fuck asshole over here with his 10 gallon fucking cowboy hat makes 10 billion a year. Well, yeah, he should be taxed an extortionate level to bring in line that you know it's all about balance um mm-hmm. and they don't there's the argument from people that oh if, if uh, richer people not being taxed and companies not being taxed means that they will open new places and get more jobs which yeah that may well happen but, but that's, that's such a tiny microcosm of what they're yeah. able to achieve they still maintain the majority of their wealth if they do that yeah it's not about taking as much from them as possible. It's about creating a fair playing field. That's, mm. So the idea of capitalism should be that 
Anyone in this country can earn as much as they like, but the consequences of earning more is that you pay more back into your society. Mm -hmm. And that's where capitalism has faltered because we don't expect that or we don't force the people who earn the most, the 1% basically, are not forced to redistribute some of their wealth. And I'm not saying, you know, and the problem, the, the problem with capitalism ostensibly is free speech of money, isn't it? So what happens is that they can say, well, it's my money. So why should I give it all back? And it's like, we're not asking you to give it all back. What we're asking you to do is pay a fairer tax rate. You should be mm -hmm. paid. You should have a much higher tax bracket. Of course you fucking should. Yeah, but the best thing is people like, you know, corporations and shit, they're not taxed the same rate as we are taxed. They are taxed a hell of a lot less. Like just put it up to twenty percent. It's really not that hard, is it? No, it's really not that hard. But they won't do that because of the no. sheer level of control. Because of course, once you get to a certain level with money, you all of a sudden have more power than the people who are supposed to dictate to you what you do with your money. Mm -hmm. And there, therein lies the problem. That so you know what? Like if you're somebody who doesn't pay tax for whatever reason, or blah blah blah, uh, you know, maybe you're tax dodging or whatever it might be. Um, or you're doing cash down and stuff like that, good for you. Because the bottom line is that this government doesn't give a shit. It does not give a shit. And why should, you know, Bob, who earns fucking 12 grand a year, have to pay the same level of tax, if not more, than Google? That is ludicrous. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a scary society to live in. What is the general concept of socialism? Because I, do you know what? I've never educated myself well enough on socialism. Um, the basics of it is wealth distribution, making sure everyone has the same. Is that the same as communism, then? Communism's an offshoot of it. Um, so it's kind of like a, a different form of socialism. I don't know the ins and outs of that bit, but I know that communism... Communism is socialism not working, I think. Isn't the concept of communism is that if whatever you earn is re-complete, basically, so you are only like, you're capped, essentially, at a certain right and then everything else is redistributed to the general populace that's pretty much socialism oh, okay. communism is that but put in charge of by dickheads so if socialism so the concept of socialism so for instance say i get like massive notoriety and become a big star in wrestling and make shit tons of money mm -hmm. um would i basically be told in a socialist state that right you're not allowed to have this much money that we need to take this and give it back to the people is that essentially yeah. what socialism is? yeah I, I can see why people get upset about that mm -hmm. but i guess it depends on where the cap is yeah but that's why i say socialism works to an extent if i earn 12 grand a year for instance and then somebody says right if you earn anything more than that we're taking it. it's like well i kind of need as much money as possible don't i like mm -hmm. to a certain degree i guess it's yeah. you need as much money as possible until you don't you know what i mean yeah. they you know there's there's obviously a cap now if i earn a million fair enough like and to be honest i'd like to think morally like for instance if i won the lottery you know the first thing i'm going to do is sort of contact i'll be like yo mark how much money do you need to pay off your mortgage and all that like, go, but yeah. like, because for me i'd rather do that than just have a million pound in my bank oh look at all my money um mm -hmm. i don't know what i truly need that much like, yes, it would be nice to live comfortably, but I don't need to live in extraordinary wealth. I don't need to own my own island or have a house with 10 more rooms that is necessary. Like, um, yeah, no, I, I'd rather redistribute. 
quite i suppose that's where the argument comes with things like charitable work isn't it because people mm-hmm. are like oh how wonderful is bill gates he's able to give all this money to charity it's like yeah but he's also worth like 60 70 billion dollars so of course yeah. he's able to give like when he gives a million dollars for things, yes it's still great that he does that but it's also that thing of like yeah but that's that's not even like a fucking pin in his finances mm. whereas if i raise 10 grand for mental health charities that's a that's a much bigger deal simply because that's probably what i earn in a year mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's it's a difficult thing because what people use with the argument for money is essentially the argument of freedom of speech like what basically people look at socialism and essentially probably say that's trying to infringe on my rights my ability to earn but what some people don't realize is the nhs is socialism That is true. Is taking money from everybody, putting it into one pot for the benefit of everybody. That's exactly what the NHS is. I think. I think. I'm not saying that I disagree with socialism, but what I'm saying is, I think the reason that people probably hate it is because we now live in a culture, don't we, of selfishness. So you know, we can't eradicate people's need to be selfish or greedy. Uh, and until we can, socialism is not going to be an acceptable concept, I imagine, to a lot of people, simply because, for essentially, like as we all know, it's it's not exactly a secret. The world is run by the one percent. The world is run by the rich. And the bottom line is that those people are not going to accept something like socialism because then they will not be the people running the world. They will not have the wealth. They will not be rich or as rich as they would want to be. But for me, it's that thing of if I was a billionaire and someone came up to me and said, we'd like 200 million from you um, to redistribute to the people, I'd be like, yeah, sure, here you go. <laughs> because I know it sounds obnoxious to say that, but I'd be like, yes, I want to know exactly where that's going and know that it's used properly, obviously, because if you just take 200 million and we don't see any benefit or growth to society, then I'm like, well, what was the point in that? But for me... That's where the problem lies. The big socialist countries are places like Russia and China and North Korea. They're known as socialist countries, as communist communist countries. The reason being is because that's happened, but it hasn't been used correctly, and the people who've been in charge of it have been bellends. Big old right into yeah. someone's pocket. That's what's happened yeah. there. And that's where, you, you know, controlled socialism is probably a more apt term, I imagine. because it cannot in any way be used or abused by people in power and Mm -hmm. so you need extraordinarily strong um hierarchies and you know uh i don't know what the word auditors maybe i guess or or people are basically in charge of saying nope you don't get access to that rishi sunak you Mm -hmm. fucking greedy cunt right that is controlled by a completely independent and you know free-thinking board that is for the benefit of everyone and yeah. nothing else so that and again that's where labels have to kind of for me be dissipated because all mm-hmm. the while that you have factions and you know uh labels like you know right wing left wing whatever it might be um they're always going to have an agenda you have to completely remove any kind of agenda to be able to make socialism work i imagine mm-hmm. yeah very much so and that's and it, probably there has to be no power playing it has to be all for the benefit of everybody rather than the benefit of the few. And the only way you can do that is by completely removing the idea of governments that have any kind of agendas. Yeah. And that's 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 where the real difficulty is going to be. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good question. 
Very good question. Cheers, Robbie. You're an absolute gent. Um, if you guys want to, you guys right, want to email in, you can do. Silent and Death Machine at gmail.com. It's Silent and Death S- Machine at gmail.com, isn't it? Sorry, Silent Death Machine at gmail.com. S and DM Pod on the Twitters. Yeah, and for our over 18 content, it's BD and SM on our Twitter. Which is basically just Nick's pounding me. Eight days, baby. Eight days. <laughs> Why were you like scissoring or something? What's going on there? <laughs> I believe lesbians call it tribbing. It's, it's, dude, it's been three years. I, I think that's how you do it. I mean, for me, it's been what? Three or four months? Fuck Feels you. like three. Feels like, yeah, trust me. I wish you would. Uh, it's, 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 like, is that, honestly, like, yeah, no, there's something I'm really. I, My cock has basically healed over at this point. Oh, like, honestly, like. I've turned into Ken. Yeah, my hymen's back already. Man, I, I just, yeah, no, it's it's weird. Like, I, I feel like it would be. Is it fair to say that sex is more important than maybe we realize at times? No. No, it's, it's, that's, it's, you're right. You it's are. It's kind right. of this mentality. You don't have to have it. You kind of do. It's yeah, it's good. Not that you don't have to have it, but it's really nice. But it's like when you say like you don't have to have sex. Yeah, you don't have to be happy, but it's kind of important to our well-being. Not even that. I think it's. I don't think it's that important, but I think it's like having a good cup of tea. Like you don't what? need to have a cup of tea, but fuck beans, does it hit the spot? I I think. In many ways, like we need to destigmatize this thing of like sex isn't that important. Like I think it is. I, I genuinely think sex is very important. We need, we it... need to destigmatize sex in general. Yeah, absolutely. Like look at the way people treat sex workers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like maybe that's me being selfish because I'd like to get laid more than once a year. But it's also that thing of. You know, like for me, there's something very kind of natural about, you know, being passionate with someone that you like or love or whatever mm-hmm. reason or whatever you have. And I just I don't feel like I feel like we've become a society that's trying to wean ourselves away from that mentality of like, you know, sex isn't important or, you know, we live in a very prudish society mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in a very kind of fragile one a very uh, a frigid one don't we we live in a very frigid mm-hmm. society and you know this kind of like if you find someone sexually attractive and they find you sexually attractive why shouldn't you just you know it's almost like there's all these boundaries now in our way of like you know like oh careful now like <laughs> we've demonized sex that's not a healthy position to be in yeah should we do sex next week yeah let's do sex next week um, I think we let's do... have sex next week. <laughs> I think we need to get a um a sex worker on at some point. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to like re- genuinely like. I know people will be like, "Oh, you're just a couple of pervs." No, I genuinely want yeah. to actually speak to them about like the sort of mentalities and the things that go with it. I'd like to ask them like what they think about um you know sort of sex as kind of like a, a freedom of expression as opposed mm-hmm. to just being work and stuff like that. I'm very curious as to you know the different feelings that go with it what's it like having sex for instance with a colleague or somebody you you know where you know for instance if you're a porn star sex is work 
So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious what, you know, what goes into that? How do you disassociate yourself from the feelings of sex with that person as opposed to maybe a boyfriend or a partner at home, you know, things like that. I feel like there's a lot of ground to be covered there. So uh, basically an open casting call, if you work in the, in the sex working industry, like, you know, have at it, I guess. Like, come, come on the podcast. You do know talk. someone in the uh, in sex work industry. Who I do? Yeah. Uh, I think if it's who you're relating to, I don't think she's really part of sex work as such. I guess it depends. She doesn't have sex and monetize that, as far as I know. No, but it is still sex work, though. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, that, that that again, that's you know, that's my fault for a lack of education because like I hear sex work and like I'm not saying that that's exclusively what I assume sex work is, but at the same time, like I think I would like to have someone who is kind of covering all those bases. Oh yeah, that yeah, that'd be good as well. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'd like to sort of explore you know guests and things like that a little bit more down the line anyway because I feel like I, yeah, I've had a couple of people already approach me and said I'd love to come on your podcast and talk about mental health as attains to things like uh, prison time and different things like that. So you can do it. bring them in, bring them in. If you want to be on the podcast, email us. Yeah, if you want to be on the podcast, email us. Send us your CV. Let us know how many cocks you've sucked. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> And uh, also, if you if you're letting me suck your cock, no, I'm. Mean, uh, and also, if you're thing. in sex work, do the same. And also, can I have a job, please? <laughs> I love that. And also, if you're in sex work, do the same. <laughs> Basically, we're just going to set this podcast into Hand Silent Mark and Erinix get laid. <laughs> That's how we're going now. I mean, there's not. It doesn't need to take long for us to say no, is it? Um, no, no. It Surely doesn't. we don't need an hour to say no. That's true, actually. Can Silent Mark are we, and are we opening get ourselves up for mass rejection? <laughs> yeah. Can Silent Mark and Aaron get laid? No. There's so much rejection I can take before I have a cry. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have that much self-esteem. Is what it is. Well, it's been a pleasure, sir. And to you, it has been a pleasure. We're all up here. All up here. Yeah. Um, next you are a week, greasy bastard, isn't you? Oh, by the way, you need to come to a rise show just for the sheer level of banter from the fans. I'll have a look. I will have a look. Oh my lord! Some of the things that were said there, they would make WrestlePlug fucking turn blue. <laughs> Unbelievable. Nice. Um, so next week on the show, um, Aaron Nix talks about uh, an anal fissure, and Silent Mark shows you his anal fissure. What's an anal fissure? Is that like Fisher Price? But for no, that is um, a cut in your anus. Oh yeah, I think we've all had that at some point. I certainly have. Yeah. And every time you poo, it opens up. Yeah, 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 definitely. So more on that next week. Until then, look after yourselves. Stay safe. We look. Stay 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 stay. My mouth has stopped working. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Put a glove on it. Bunch of pricks. You dirty reprobates. Kiss my flaps. I bet your flaps are glorious. Yeah. Would you classify your flaps as beef curtains? Um... I would say more of a supermarket ham sandwich.
Wow. What, like the really nasty cheap ham? <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is it's not like... At least it's honey the, roasted. It's not like the Subway all out, but it's not like just a bun. There's there's hints of ham. It's not like a beautiful wave like it is in the sub. No, but even in the sub, it's just... But there's plenty of cheese. And by the way, if you think any of this is us judging, there's no such thing as an ugly vagina unless it's on someone like Katie Hopkins or Ann Whittacombe. Oh, Katie Hopkins' vag. That's just a chasm of depression, isn't it? The chasm of depression. Now you're now look who's doing good t-shirts. The chasm of depression. <laughs> Katie Hopkins vagina, the chasm of depression. <laughs> can we get a t-shirt? Oh, can you imagine how much we get sued for that? <clears throat> yeah. I can't believe she's still a thing. I haven't heard her, I haven't even thought about her in years. Uh, to be fair, she's been fairly quiet, actually. You know? Probably because Piers Morgan's taken up all the airwaves. Yeah, well, he's a steaming bellend as well. Yeah, he's a steaming ham sandwich, breaded yeah. ham as well. That's what he is. He look. I think. I don't want bits in my. I don't want bits in my fucking ham cleaver. Ridiculous. I genuinely think that Pierce Morgan looks like someone tried to sculpt sloth from a potato. That's amazing. You know, sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hate that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. When you realise that sloth was essentially a slave. Pretty terrifying. It wasn't even a slave. He was just a... Wasn't he, like, chained for the most part? Yeah, he was chained, but he didn't do anything. He was just a hostage. Well, I mean, you wouldn't do, would you, if you're a... You wouldn't do if you're a hostage, would you? No, but he's not a slave. He's a hostage. Have you seen Black Snake Moan? No, but I still have a big crush on Christina, Christina Ritchie. She's fucking hot, isn't she? Like, She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she could do all kinds of naughty things to me. She can give me an anal fissure. It's a good place to end it, yeah? Is it? Well, with your anal fissure, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>